If you're always serving everyone else and not serving your family, you can actually um, cause harm and they can become embittered because they feel like everybody else is more important. Now, they can become selfish in that too, so there's a balance there. But if you are, I mean, I got into that habit. We talked about that with the hospitality gift where I was doing hospitality so much that I wasn't remembering my first priority. So any of these gifts you can do that with. But if I would just have continued to con- to serve everyone else in the church, and believe me, there were plenty of people to constantly serve, then, and I wasn't, you know, doing that for you and the kids, then for you guys, it's like, hey, hello, I'm, I'm here. I need food too. I need, you know, you to take care of me when I'm sick. I need you to do these things for me, not just for these other people. And so that priority is very important to build your family first. All right. My name is Mark. Her name's Grace. <laughs> Welcome back to the uh, Real Marriage Podcast with our friends at the EXO Network. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We love marriage and we love you and we love the Lord. So we're just really honored to bring the Lord into a conversation regarding your marriage. And in this season, we're talking about your divine design, your spiritual gifts. And we're talking about it from the perspective of marriage, getting to know how God made you, what spiritual gift or gifts he's entrusted to you and your spouse so that you can know one another, appreciate one another, encourage one another find a place to serve one another, and then find a place in your local church to serve together. We're a ministry couple. Some families are a hockey family or a baseball family or a hunting family. We're a ministry family. So Grace and I have been doing ministry together since college when we first started dating as Christians. And now we have a church and a ministry and we serve together with our five kids. So that's our thing. And we believe the couple that serves together stays together. Amen. <laughs> and so that's our hope, prayer, and goal for you. And in this episode, we're dealing in uh, the spiritual gifts of serving, and we find ourselves at the gifts of helps or service. And we believe that these are the, the same gift. Uh, sometimes the Bible uses the word help, sometimes service. You find this in places like Romans 12, verse 7, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25. Honey, maybe... Start with a few questions to get them considering, is this one of my gifts or my spouse's or maybe even our kids? And then I'll tell them a a story from church history. So do you prefer to labor behind the scenes or in a supportive role rather than a leadership capacity? Uh, When you hear of someone with needs, do you offer your services if possible? Or when someone asks for your help, do you have difficulty saying no? (laughs) Uh, When someone is doing a job poorly, is it your first instinct to help them succeed instead of criticizing their failure? And do more lowly tasks that other people tend to delegate or avoid not bother you, and so you do them? Historically, what we like to do in this series looking at spiritual gifts, oftentimes we want to look at a couple, maybe a ministry couple that, that maybe even you know about, and how they use their gifts together to serve the Lord. So um, some years ago, Grace and I spent time reading biographies. I'd read the husband's biography, she'd read the wife's. So we did this with Martin Luther and, uh, and, and his wife. We did this with Charles Spurgeon and his wife. We did this with a variety of people. And, and then we'd share we're learning. Well, out of all the couples that we studied, the Spurgeons were <laughs> some of our favorite. Yeah. And when I was in London, I got to visit uh, their home. It's now an apartment complex and the college, which has since relocated and where he's buried with his wife. 
Well, Charles Spurgeon is one of the most well-known, beloved preachers in the history of the Christian church. He ministered in London during the Victorian era. Uh, His wife's name was Susanna or Susie. He was kind of a country bumpkin and she was a city girl. She was very, um, I would say, um, upper class. He Mm -hmm. was very blue collar. She wasn't originally very interested in him. He was very interested in her. Um, she was apparently a very lovely gal, and he was a little frumpy. Uh, he says he grew a beard to cover his chubby face, and so that's Charles. Um, and he was just a incredibly anointed preacher and teacher. Mm-hmm. And in London, he had a lot of opposition, but he started at a young age. Uh, For a season, I think he lived with his grandpa, who was a minister, and had access to his grandpa's library and spent time with his grandpa and his grandpa's buddies sitting around talking theology and reading the Puritans. And so he was not formally theologically educated, but he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was an incredible Bible teacher. And uh, and he had one of the first what we would call megachurches in the history of the world. Mm. And what I find interesting, just to take a little jab at all my nerd friends, is uh, sometimes the guys who are reformed, which he was and which I am, will complain about mega churches, but their <laughs> hero was the guy who started the mega church. That is so, a little funny side. So there you go. God's got a sense of humor. That's why we're all on Team Jesus, because we're all part of the, the funny. So Yeah, and Susanna had twins, twin boys, and at that point afterwards, she had health complications, and so she was bedridden. And so their ministry together before was vibrant, but then afterwards, she still wanted to do ministry with him somehow, promoting his Bible teaching and getting it out to other pastors to encourage them. And so she did that bedridden. So yeah, their story is an interesting one. They, uh, well, first of all, Charles, as a young man, he was, he became a a preaching guy, late teens, early twenties is when he kind of started to skyrocket to fame. And he died at a young age, Mm -hmm. um, I think in his fifties. And he was preaching at a packed house. And before he came out, uh, somebody got up and yelled fire. They thought it would be funny to empty the room. This is sometimes what critics do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they try and create obstacles, to quote Romans 16, from people hearing the gospel. So they think, well, he's going to come out and preach. We'll just yell fire and have everybody run, and then they won't hear the sermon. Well, it created a panic and a stampede, and some people died. Mm-hmm. So he comes out on the platform, and he sees people that he loves and that Jesus died for dying because they came to hear him preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. It emotionally broke Charles Spurgeon, and he talks about it a lot, and he struggled a lot with depression. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and part of his wife's ministry to him of service was she was just ministry of presence and encouragement, mm-hmm. and she just decided, you know what? God has called my husband to do a lot. I need to help my husband mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And they, they did life and ministry together. They had a wonderful friendship. But as you say, she had complications after birthing twin boys and a bad medical procedure that it caused her to basically be bedridden as an invalid Mm -hmm. for many, many, many years, decades of their remaining life together. And so she's trying to figure out how can I help? She played a support role in the back. My husband. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I can't be on the stage because I can't get out of the bed. Mm -hmm. And so what Spurgeon did is to help his wife and for her to help him, he custom built a home Mm -hmm. and it was one of the first, what we would call handicap accessible ADA homes in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. He had the cabinets low and the countertops low and the kitchen low and the sink low 
so that if she was in a wheelchair, she could still fully function at home. She didn't know that he custom built this home. (laughs) So he built it all for her as a surprise and brought her home. And he even had their initials inscribed on the towels and stuff, Mm. kind of as their little love story. And he had her, he had the bedroom built right next to his study with probably large double French doors so that while he was working and she was bedridden, they were still together. Mm. So he's writing sermons and she's helping them, him. And as he's responding to letters, she's participating. So they wanted to architect their life. He had serious medical complications that she could still be with him Mm. so that she could help him. And so he needed to help her by architecting a world that worked for her. I mean, incredible love story. It's a great example of her keeping her helps gifts priority to her husband. And then it blessed a lot of other people because of her priorities being in order. Well, and then she decided, what can I do from bed to help my husband Mm -hmm. get Bible teaching out? And so she created a Mr. Spurgeon's, I like that. We should do a (laughs) Mr. Driscoll, I like that. Mr. Spurgeon's book fund. Mm. And she gave away over 200,000 copies of her husband's Bible teaching and literature. And she did so from her bed. Mm -hmm. So she would write you a letter, then somebody on staff would put the boxes in the book, the books rather in a box, and they would ship them to pastors all over the place to help them teach the book. And her thought was, uh, God's book, the Bible, of course. And her thought was, my husband's a Bible teacher. How do I help him get Bible mm-hmm. teaching out? And how do I help other pastors teach the Bible? Yeah, it's wonderful. I when I get to heaven, I can't wait to meet I this know. girl. <laughs> I'm going to give. I can't wait to see her running around and doing cartwheels and yes, backflips yes. and celebrating the resurrection. And so um, she then also helped him. He died before he got to finish his autobiography, mm. so she finished it for him. Mm. And it's the five-volume uh, autobiography that all the biographies are built on. And you bought that for me as mm. a special gift some years ago. Mm. It's the prized possession in my library after the Bible that I got saved that you gave me. And she finished telling his story. At every turn, her thought was, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Where can I serve? God has a calling on my husband. How do I come alongside, add value, and multiply what God is doing? And uh, just tangentially too, and then we'll get into the gift of helps or service. Um, He loved her so much, but he had major medical problems. Many of the biographers diagnosed Spurgeon as having um, uh, maybe Gout. uh, gout, but I believe he probably had Bright's disease. And so in the winters with the wet, cold um, weather in London, which is similar to Seattle where we used to live, and I had seasonal affective disorder and I would go into a a physical depression during the winter. So I'm so glad we're in Arizona now (laughs) and I could take the top off the Bronco and Jesus can see my joy. Um, That he would have to go to Metanay in the south of France along, I think it was probably the Riviera, so that he could just get a break during the winter, but his wife couldn't come with him Mm -hmm. because she was bedridden. Yeah. And what she would do is she would write him love letters and he would write her love letters. They still found ways to serve one another. Mm -hmm. And he actually brought with him uh, a photographer. I'm way off my notes, just kind of remembering some of my favorite Spurgeon stories, but um, he would bring a photographer. Uh, This was, you know, a hundred and some years ago. And he would pay the photographer to take photos of him studying or praying or 
times that he would meet with the Lord under a tree or he would lead a Bible study. And then he would write a love letter to her and print the photo and have it sent all the way back to London so that she would continually see what he was doing and hear how he missed her. Yeah, they can stay connected. They're always trying to find ways to serve each other and to Mm -hmm. build their marriage and their friendship. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful love stories. It is. So the gift of helps or service, um, here it is defined. It's the ability to joyfully work alongside others and help them complete the task that God has given them to do. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, the person of helps or service is not the visionary. Here's what we're going to do. They're the person that comes along and says, okay, what are we doing? Um, they generally like to work behind the scenes. Uh, they tend to find joy in helping alleviate burdens and responsibilities. What can I do? What can I take off your plate? How can I help? What do you need? It's usually included with humility and sacrifice and the ability to think like a servant and willing to be an assistant. Do I have the spiritual gift of helps or service? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for serving with your honesty. So for you, do you have the spiritual gift of helps or service? Yes. So what does that look like for you? How does that work for you? Um. I think, you know, I'm not drained by a lot of the things that normal people, I think. Tasks, chores, yeah, details. Like I like laundry. Yeah, it's I don't serving my that. family. My I don't love like, language is not laundry. I don't like ironing, but I do like laundry. Um, I like to cook and, you know, provide in the home for the kids. You like and being you. home and running mm-hmm. the house. Mm-hmm. The details, the practical daily I like being behind the scenes. I prefer to be behind the scenes, but in the last few years, now that we've have Trinity, God has pushed me out to be a leader in women's ministry. And that is a challenge for me. It's not a gift. It is, I have to depend on the Holy Spirit every moment to do that. Um, For me, I'd rather be behind the scenes. I'd rather be setting up the food and doing hospitality. I'd rather be, you know, setting out the chairs around the tables and putting the name tags on the table. That's more who I am. But God has challenged me because I did that for the first half of my life. Mm -hmm. And he's challenged me to step out into some new gifting and develop me in those areas. But I, me personally, I love to just help behind the scenes. Well, and when we first got married... Um, I think there's always a shadow side of the gift. And sometimes that is you can't say no. Correct. If your gift is help or service, everybody who says, I need help. Your first gut instinct is usually. Yes. Yes. You need help. (laughs) I'm here. I'll do it. (laughs) What happens to people with a gift of helps or service that say yes too much? They burn out. They forget the prior the priorities. Things fall through the cracks. Yep. They can't follow through. They're doing a lot of things poorly instead of a few things well. Mm-hmm. And so that's where again back to the spiritual gift of discernment. Mm-hmm. This isn't a bad thing, but is this right. my thing? Right. There's a need, but has God called me to fill that need? There may be someone else that has that's gifts right. that can fill that need. Yep. Um. And, you know, for me. Uh, Maybe this is, uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit's convicting me, so I'll just share. (laughs) I feel like this allowed me early in our marriage to be lazy. I would work hard. I would provide. I'm serving Jesus. I'm preaching the Bible. I'm not lazy. No. But I would come home, and rather than doing things to practically help you, 
I knew that you would do it and that you didn't mind. And so I didn't mind that you would do it. I think we delineated between those are your things and those are my things too much instead of, yes, you're better at those things or I'm better at these things, but how can we come together when yeah. we need each other? I think we didn't do that well in the beginning. We well, in the beginning, it was line. just the two of us. But by the time you add five kids, even if you have the gift of service, you still need help because there's more to do than right. you can do. Right. Yeah, I have more than five hands. <laughs> yeah, I was still think. I was thinking this the other day when I borrowed your car, and uh, I thought, what would Grace do? I thought Grace would gas up my car because <laughs> that's what you do. Um, and I wouldn't even think about it because it's just. When you have the gift of service, you don't sit and go, how can I be recognized for doing something kind for someone? It's literally, you just do it and you don't even think about it. And someone says, oh my gosh, you did that. Oh, yeah. No problem. For me, I don't have the gift. (laughs) So I had to ask, what would Grace do? And I had to really think about, Grace would gas up my car. So I gassed it up. And then I'll be honest with you, for some reason, it stopped gassing up. So I drove away. But for some reason, the tank wasn't full. <laughs> I thought, well, have I served enough today? I tried to gas up Grace's no, car. No, you did. It was lovely. So then I, I swung back it. around. I thought, what would Grace do? She would fill up the tank. So I swung back around and I filled up the gas tank. And as I was there filling it up, I was feeling like a big boy, like I'm doing a good job today. Uh, then the Lord said, well, Grace would also take your car through the car wash. <laughs> I was like, well, hey, I'm not Grace, you know. So I took your car through the car wash. That was very kind. Um, but it probably doesn't even count because I came home and told you. And a true servant wouldn't need to get like a back rub for it. Well, no, but I appreciated <laughs> it because it's not something you normally would have done. And so I did appreciate no, that you mentioned it. It's only taken 29 years of marriage. <laughs> For me to gas up and wash your car. No, you've done it before. (laughs) Uh, But people with the gifts of helps or service, they're looking for opportunities Mm -hmm. and they find joy in doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas if you don't have that. So what if somebody says, I don't have that gift. I don't don't need to serve my spouse. That's not my gift. (laughs) Well, that's not what the Lord says. So... (laughs) Yeah, Jesus is our example. And he says, consider one another. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. And Philippians says, of all Christians, that your attitude should be the same of Christ Jesus, who humbled himself and took upon mm-hmm. himself the form of a servant in Philippians. So being a servant is something for every Christian yes. by the power of the Holy Spirit to seek to grow in. And those that have the gift of helps or service, it's almost like they've got a a double portion, a double (laughs) anointing, a double calling on their life. That's right. Um, When it comes to serving, um, why is it important to start by serving your spouse and your family? Ministry starts at home. Mm-hmm. We talked about it in an earlier episode. Martin Luther said, if if the Bible's command to love your neighbor is applied, it must start with your spouse and your kids because your, your nearest neighbor, neighbor is the person who sleeps in your bed and then the kids who sleep in the next room. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for those of the gifts of helps or service, not just to be looking for everywhere and everyone, but starting with spouse and kids? Well, because that's God's first priority and needs to be ours. And I think if you're always serving everyone else and not serving your family, you can actually um, cause harm and they can become embittered because they feel like everybody else is more important. Now, they can become selfish in that too. So there's a balance there. But if you are, I mean, I got into that habit. We talked about that with the hospitality gift where I was doing hospitality so much that I wasn't 
remembering my first priority. So any of these gifts you can do that with. But if I would just have continued to con- to serve everyone else in the church, and believe me, there were plenty of people to constantly serve, then, and I wasn't, you know, doing that for you and the kids, then for you guys, it's like, hey, hello, I'm I'm here. I need food too. I need, you know, you to take care of me when I'm sick. I need you to do these things for me, not just for these other people. And so that priority is very important to build your family first. And and uh, in closing, what I've found too, honey, is you have gift of service and helps. And sometimes you are doing a lot with really good intentions but I feel unloved mm-hmm. because I haven't said, hey, this is what would be really helpful. Right. And so sometimes people with gifts of helps or service, they're doing a lot, but they're not doing what would be most maybe helpful, most for, the helpful for the person. And so asking how can I be most helpful is important with the gifts of help. Yeah. And sometimes, and so I remember, I don't know, it just comes to mind. We were sitting on the couch some years ago. We had a little nook in our bedroom forever. I don't know. We've moved a lot. One of our houses. And um, and every, almost every day you would come home and you would ask, so tell me about your day. What happened? And I'd be like, I don't want to relive it. <laughs> I barely, <laughs> I barely lived through it. I can't relive it. I mean, some days in life, it's like, I just don't want to talk about it or think about it. I want to move on mm-hmm. from it. And you were trying to find what was going on so you could be helpful. And then one day you looked at me and you asked a different question when I came home. You're like, so how could I be helpful tonight? How could I be a good friend? And I just thought, oh, that is such an incredible question. Because <laughs> if it's like, tell me how the day went, it's like, let's revisit the crime scene. You know, I don't know <laughs> if I want to do that. But if it's how can I help? How can I serve? How can I be a good friend? It's like, that's inc- that's an incredible question. And sometimes it was, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to hold hands and go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's kind of my answer to everything. Let's just hold hands and go for a walk. And so um, sometimes people with the gift of helps or service, they that is their love language. Again, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 talk about this, the gifts of the Spirit. 13 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And probably half of the weddings that are listening to this podcast <laughs> quoted 1 Corinthians 13. Yes. Love is patient. Love is kind. Right. Um, and so... What it is, is that the the ways that we love are by using our spiritual gifts as our love languages. And one of the most helpful things that you can help your spouse if they have the gift of helps or service is to lovingly, kindly, graciously let them know in the moment, this would be most helpful. And I felt really bad early in our marriage saying, honey, this would really be helpful. I could really use this because I don't have the gift of helps or service. <laughs> And I'd probably be annoyed if people were asking me to do stuff. Well, but I also don't like to be unhelpful in my attempt to help because then it's a lot of energy put out and it wasn't helpful. Then I need to know that. So I needed to be willing to hear and consider what was most helpful instead of just barging in and being here. This is what I'll do to help you. (laughs) But I just want to just honor you and thank you. I mean, you like to help. You like to Mm -hmm. serve. You're hardworking. You're... Uh, and it, it means that the kids had an incredible mom. Means they were spoiled. They were 
totally spoiled. Because I wasn't good at delegating. So no, that I, is a backside <laughs> to the serving gift. Yeah, you would do everything I did for it all. them. At some point, these kids are going to need to cook yeah. a meal and you know, wash the loads. Sorry, load, guys so. who moved out and didn't know how to do laundry. All right. There's the real part of the Real Marriage Podcast. In the next one, we'll look at the gift of administration. So get no. your label makers, get your Excel spreadsheets, get your notes and notebooks ready. And all of you control freaks, we're going to help you lighten up a little bit. And so uh, in the meantime, if you would like to get a free copy of the Spiritual Gifts book, text GIFTS to 31996. It's over. It's around 100 pages. We'll send it to you for free. And uh, if you'd be willing to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, we'd appreciate it. And uh, why don't you help everyone by serving them and closing our time in prayer? <laughs> Dear Lord, thank you for serving us and being the greatest servant of all so that you are an example of what that looks like. Help us to not just serve in ways we want, but serve in ways that you ask and serve in ways that are helpful. Lord, just help us do that in our marriages first. And uh, as we learn to practice that gift, that we would be encouraged in that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.